This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Welcome to The Tonic, your prescription for a healthier and happier life. Here's your host and publisher of Tonic Magazine, Jamie Busson. Hi, I'm Jamie Busson. I'm a former commercial litigator who used to weigh 242 pounds. When I was 38 years old, I lost over 50 pounds through a regimen of exercise and better nutrition. It took me a year to reach my goal, but I thought if a type A personality like me could do it, really anybody can. I'm still asking questions and learning about what it means to live a healthy lifestyle. Please join me on this continuing journey. Today, we'll discuss the proper way to do a spring cleanse with Dr. Caitlin Richardson, ND. We'll talk about the connection between gratitude and wellness with holistic health expert, Dr. Maxine McLean. We'll find out about the new Love and Lemons cookbook with the author, Janine D'Onofrio. And lastly, we'll learn all about magic mushroom retreats with retreat leaders, Rob Grover and Gary Logan. But before we get to that, here's your tonic quick shot. Drinking cranberry juice has long been a mythical prevention strategy for women who develop urinary tract infections. New medical evidence shows consuming cranberry products is an effective way to prevent a UTI before it gets started. A global study looking at the benefits of cranberry products published in Cochrane Reviews has determined that cranberry juice and its supplements reduce the risk of repeat symptomatic UTIs in women by more than a quarter in children by more than a half, and in people susceptible to UTI following medical interventions by about 53%. The biological age of humans and mice undergoes a rapid increase in response to diverse forms of stress, which is reversed following recovery from stress according to a study published on April 21st in the journal Cell Metabolism. These changes occur over relatively short periods of time, days or months, according to multiple independent epigenetic aging clocks. The biological age of organisms is thought to steadily increase over the life course, but it's now clear that biological age is not indelibly linked to chronological age. Individuals can be biologically older or younger than their chronological age implies. Moreover, increasing evidence in animal models and humans indicates that biological age can be influenced by disease, drug treatment, lifestyle changes, and environmental exposures, among other factors. Chronic alcohol consumption may make people more sensitive to pain through two different molecular mechanisms, one driven by alcohol intake and one by alcohol withdrawal. That's one new conclusion by scientists at Scripps Research on the complex links between alcohol and pain. Among the many impacts of long-term alcohol consumption is pain. More than half of people with AUD, alcohol use disorder, experience persistent pain of some type. This includes alcoholic neuropathy, which is nerve damage that causes chronic pain and other symptoms. Studies have also found that AUD is associated with changes in how the brain processes pain signals, as well as changes to how immune system activations occur. In turn, this pain can lead to increased alcohol consumption. Moreover, during withdrawal, people with AUD can experience allodynia, in which harmless stimulus is perceived as painful. I'll be joined by Dr. Caitlin Richardson, ND, in a moment. But first, a little bit of business. If you're looking for premium natural products, choose New Roots Herbal, proudly Canadian and family-owned for over 35 years. What really sets them apart is their dedication to quality. They source only the highest quality ingredients and test each one in a state-of-the-art ISO-accredited lab. You get the purity and potency you expect. 
Available exclusively at fine health food stores. To learn more or find a store near you, visit NewRootsHerbal.com. Dr. Caitlin Richardson is a naturopathic doctor in Milton, Ontario, with a clinical focus in sports performance and injury management. Dr. Caitlin works with athletes and high achievers who are looking to get to the next level in their sport or simply in their health. She blends her extensive education with her experience in high-performance sports to create effective evidence-based treatment plans that will have you feeling and performing your best. Welcome back to the show, Caitlin. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me back. So I've got a philosophical question for you. Okay. Do athletes do spring cleanses? Because everybody's talking about spring cleanses. Yeah, often. It's a really good time to kind of reset and restart. Why would one's body, whether they're an athlete or not, need a spring cleaning? I personally believe that we should all be kind of auditing our diet and lifestyle a few times a year. It helps us kind of remain accountable to how we're treating our bodies. And sometimes we kind of get away from it. So it brings our perspectives back to what we're eating, what we're doing to make sure we're kind of living that healthy lifestyle. And the spring really represents that, you know, time of new life, new growth, and what better kind of time to implement these changes to make sure that we're kind of going into the summer as healthy as can be. So often in the winter, we're, we're less active if we're not playing winter sports, or even if we are, the shorter days, colder weather, kind of that hibernation, right? You spend more time yeah. curled up on the couch, eating heavy, kind of hearty foods, and often exercising a little bit less because it's too cold or you don't want to go outside and walk when it's snowing and icy. And then we end up kind of gaining that winter weight, losing some of our muscle mass. And often we think about this as in the aesthetics of it, like, oh, I've put on 10 pounds. I really don't want to be that much heavier. But we don't really consider the health implications as well. So that's going to lead to more strain on our cardiovascular disease, our heart, and even things like diabetes can creep up really quickly. So between that and then all the toxins that we kind of store in our fat, uh, the spring is really a good time to kind of clear all that out and just make sure we're entering summer at a, in a good place. Okay, so I think if you're going to ask the average person on the street, if you said the word like spring cleanse, they would probably think it's, it's sort of like a, an intestinal cleanse. But can you sort of explain the difference between that and a metabolic detoxification? Are they the same mm -hmm. thing or is it something different? No, definitely something different. So the biggest thing is a metabolic cleanse is far more comprehensive. So it's something that we're doing to actually support the organs that are responsible for detox in our bodies and then as well the detox pathways that all the pathogens and all that gross stuff has to follow to get out of our body. So our body is constantly detoxing and it's totally capable of doing it on its own. But the idea of this metabolic detox is to kind of support these organs that are already responsible for detoxing our body just to have a more effective elimination of everything that's accumulated in our bodies. So the other important piece that's really important with the metabolic detox is that you really want it to be individualized to you. Every body is different. Everyone is different. And we all have different strengths and different weaknesses within our different organ systems. So we really want to make sure that we're focusing on supporting the systems that need help and then avoiding overstimulating ones that are already working really well. Then we can get that balance. And once all of the organs are balanced, supported, and kind of working well, then you can kind of consider doing more of a cleanse and actually purging, I guess, things from your body. 
Okay, so is a metabolic detoxification for everybody or is it just certain people who are experiencing difficulties or doing certain things? Who should be doing it? Really, anyone, everyone can benefit, but it has to be done in a logical way and really focused on supporting those organs versus just, I'm not going to eat sugar for the next month kind of thing. Right. Um, if you've been feeling sluggish coming out of the winter, or maybe you notice when you kind of audit your eating habits that you've maybe been overindulging in the sugar or alcohol or even just heavy on the breads and carbs, then it might be a good idea to consider kind of that spring reset just to get your body ready for the summer. You want to be doing it, typically give your body about a month to go through this and kind of ramp up. And now's the perfect time because your system's kind of starting to ramp down due to the extra heat. Okay, so, you know, a few moments ago, you you sort of said everybody's different and certain organ systems are working better for some people than others. How do we know that? How would we know whether our, our organ systems, like specifically like lungs or kidney or whatever are working better in in our systems than others? So typically I would recommend talking to a healthcare provider who has training in looking at these things, but you kind of want to want to consider what the organs are are meant to do, what their main purpose is. The biggest ones that we're looking at are kind of lungs, liver and kidneys. Okay. So, if you think about the lungs, we know obviously they're responsible for filtering air. And I've been finding lately that You know, in the winter, we spend more time inside, the furnace is running, and you're close to more people, so things spread more quickly. We see lots of colds and flus. More than ever in the last couple years, people have really been having those lingering coughs or or a lot of mucus kind of hanging around after their respiratory tract infections. So that would be a pretty good sign that your lungs need a little bit of support. In this case, you can consider something like N-acetylcysteine or NAC for short kind of helps to break up the mucus and support the lungs in general. Your kidneys, if we're thinking about those, they're really responsible for filtering the blood and they result in urine. And so all the waste products that is filtered out of the blood are going out in our urine. So if you're noticing, you know, changes to urination or things, darker urine, that's something, first of all, talk to a healthcare practitioner about, but that's a pretty good sign that the kidneys are starting to you know, need a little bit of help. Mm-hmm. So in that case, to support those, you're making sure you're drinking lots of fluids. And I'm talking water, herbal teas. In this case, we don't want alcohol or coffee. They don't count. There's some herbs as well that can help. So anti-inflammatory herbs like uva ursi, which is really popular in kidney formulas, or parsley, juniper, cranberry, those kind of those fruits and veggies on their own or in herbal forms are really strong antioxidants that can kind of give those kidneys a boost. And then the liver as well. This one, I think most of us think of when we're thinking about a detoxification organ. Um, And it's one of the ones that in the last few years, we've seen it really taking abuse from our North American diet and lifestyle. So right now, the stats are saying that 25% of adults have fatty liver disease. Hmm. And the worst part is this is something that's totally avoidable if we're taking care of our liver with diet and lifestyle. It is also something that's reversible in the early stages. So in this case, you know, avoiding alcohol, reducing our sugar intake can be really helpful, but also considering things like milk thistle or dandelion or even artichoke. Um, And these are actually, there's lots of studies happening about these 
that have really promising results for not only overall liver health, but also reducing the inflammation in the liver and potentially even causing a regeneration of healthy liver cells. So depending on the current health of your liver, a liver support formula in combination with a really healthy diet can have a huge impact on that liver and really kind of bring it back to health. Okay, so let's talk about intestinal cleanses for a sec. So those of us who have had colonoscopies or issues with their colon, I'm going to have to raise my hand, have had to sort of have our pipes flushed out. This isn't what we're talking about, is it? Or, or is, this, is this something else? Kind of. So we want to flush everything out, but we really want to do it in a far more gentle way. So here we're focusing on the health of the small intestine and the large intestine together. Colonoscopies are really meant to, um, or before colonoscopy, sorry, were really meant to clear everything out so the camera can see what it needs to see. Good, bad, everything's gone really fast, really quickly. There's also some products on the market that are marketed as cleanses that they're really similar. They flush things out really quickly. This is obviously important before a colonoscopy. Um, it's a really important screening procedure, but it's not something that is appropriate to do unsupervised or really more frequently than is oh, yeah, no, those, for colonoscopy. Those cleanses are absolutely horrible. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I loathe them, and uh, it has caused me to defer colonoscopies because I hate them so much. So how do we do a gentle cleanse? So for the most part, this can be done with diet. So, you know, making sure you're drinking plenty of water, eating a lot of fiber-rich foods like fruits and veggies. Spring is kind of that perfect time to bring more salads into the diet. And throughout the summer, we have tons of Ontario produce that you can throw into. For most people, though, the fiber is the, the hardest part. So in the context of a detox, I'll usually use a supplement here. Fiber is really important because it's kind of like that broom. It helps sweep out all the gross dust from the intestine that we don't want by binding it up and holding on to it to be released in the stool. And in this case, psyllium fiber is really probably the best choice. It has a ton of research behind it, and it also kind of acts as a mild laxative. So it'll get things moving, but not in that urgent way like your colonoscopy prep would do. Okay, so let's assume we've done all the cleansing and we have a strong, healthy, and clean house, as it were. How would you maintain it? Yeah, so this is kind of that a great opportunity to go in and replenish your gut microbiome. So this is when you want to start introducing the probiotics at the end of the cleanse and after the detox. So in this case, you're looking for that high-quality probiotic that's enteric-coated. So that means it's actually getting where it needs to go in the digestive tract. Um, and it should have a variety of strains so that you can um, have a healthy balance after you've kind of flushed out everything that you don't need. You can also add something like a digestive enzyme. If your system's having trouble breaking food down, taking a digestive enzyme when you eat can really take the burden off the rest of your gastrointestinal tract. So it's something as simple as taking it, you know, before breakfast, lunch, and dinner, or maybe just before um, sorry, meals where you're eating a lot of meat or hard-to-digest foods. The other thing that's obviously very important is movement. It doesn't have to be that, you know, a trip to the gym or a hardcore workout every morning, but something you enjoy that will get your blood pumping and your muscles firing at least three times a week okay. is really, really important. And then, of course, the obvious, avoiding overindulging in the really processed foods, the sugary foods, and alcohol. That's a tough one in the summer. It doesn't mean no alcohol ever. It just means 
be cautious of overindulging. And then always getting lots of fiber each day. So on average, we should be getting 25 to 40 grams of fiber every day. For the most part, I would say it's rare that anyone gets anywhere near that. So if that's a goal you can't hit consistently, then you should consider kind of continuing that fiber supplement moving forward or choosing a different source of fiber that you know you'll get every day. Okay, so you had mentioned some supplements to aid in the process. If listeners are compelled, where do you recommend that they purchase them? So for the higher quality supplements, you really want to go to a health food store. They're going to carry the higher quality brands than something like a drugstore would have, a grocery store. In this case, I always like to choose the Canadian companies so we can support the more local and make sure that they're quality tested. So to understand if it's quality tested or not, you're looking for an ISO certification on the product to make sure that you're really getting the best of the best and what they say is in that product is actually in that product. It's always also a good idea to speak with a healthcare practitioner, a naturopath, someone that you trust so they can actually recommend the best option for you, especially if you do have underlying medical conditions. We want to make sure that you're doing this in a safe and effective way. Okay, so we have time for one last question, and that is, you know, what would be the most important takeaway from our little talk today? So most important thing is, number one, support the organs. And then number two, cleanse. If you don't support the organ first, the cleanse is really ineffective and you're not actually doing anything to support that, that spring cleaning, let's call it. So really, that's the safest and most effective way to do a detox. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks so much for having me. That was Dr. Caitlin Richardson, ND. We have to take a short break, but when we return, we'll discuss the connections between gratitude and wellness on The Tonic. Managing type 1 diabetes isn't easy. You have to make countless choices every day. Life just got a little easier. Medtronic's Minimed 780G system is designed to give you more control with less effort. Integrated with continuous glucose monitoring, it's the only system that automatically adjusts insulin delivery every five minutes based on glucose levels. If you're currently on multiple daily injections or an insulin pump, find out more about the Minimed 780G system at www.medtronicdiabetes.ca. The system uses SmartGuard technology. Individual results may vary and some user interaction is required. I'd like to give a shout out to our new sponsor, Omega Alpha. This company is 100% Canadian owned. Their team consists of allopathic and naturopathic doctors, nutritionists, researchers, and other scientific professionals, all led by their CEO, Dr. Gordon Chang. Formulations are created on their 40,000 square foot facility located in Toronto. Omega Alpha uses only the highest quality ingredients to manufacture the most efficacious yet price-friendly nutraceuticals. For more information about Omega Alpha, visit OmegaAlphaInc.com. Welcome back to The Tonic, your prescription for a healthier and happier life. Here's your host and publisher of Tonic Magazine, Jamie Busson. Dr. Maxine McLean is a coach, educator, healer, author, artist, and humanitarian who's well known for her work in providing potable water to thousands of people in remote parts of the world. She's been honing her knowledge and skills as an intuitive healer, spiritual coach, and creative nurturer for over 30 years. Dr. McLean is the creator of the Gratitude Keeper book 
and Card Series, which offers practical inspired medicine guides to help enhance daily human experiences and spiritual journeys. Welcome to the show, Doctor. How are you? Thank you, Jamie. I'm happy to be on your show. So what inspired you to become a a coach, educator, healer, author, artist, all those hashtags? (laughs) (laughs) Well, overall, I have a diverse background and interest rooted in my passion for holistic healing, personal growth, and helping people. And I started my journey when I was about seven years old, remembering my father asking me at age seven, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said I wanted to be a nurse because I saw that nurses helped people to get better. I did accomplish being a nurse, and then I transitioned on to being a doctor of integrative medicine, and I'm loving it. In your writings and your theory, you talk about gratitude. So can you explain what you mean by gratitude and how that helps people with their health? Ooh, that's a really great question. Well, the practice of gratitude has been shown to have positive effects on the body's electrical activity, particularly in the brain. The brain produces um, electrical signals that can be measured using an EEG, and research has actually suggested that gratitude can influence these signals in several ways. So, therefore, I believe that cultivating a gratitude practice can be transformative and can help individuals shift their perspective, improve their mental, emotional, and physical well-being. Just that perspective from, you know, um, look at how many things are going right in spite of how many things are going wrong. So is it a mindset or is it more of like you have to do X, Y, or Z in order to be grateful or to practice gratitude? Well, I think it starts in the mind and then it's the way you deliver it and living in it, living in the spirit of gratitude, which encompasses or incorporates the ability to forgive the ability to love, to share, to be respectful of each other, and to be respectful of this universe that we call home. What are some of the challenges that people face when they're trying to cultivate gratitude in their lives? I'm sure you see this in your practice and when you're speaking with people. Absolutely. They, they hold on to negativity. They hold on to unforgiveness. Those are some of the challenges that people have. Um, not recognizing that that mindset can actually create a disease pattern in their bodies. With gratitude, practicing gratitude, it helps the body to produce these wonderful healing chemicals that can reduce anxiety and reduce stress. So if you hold on to that anxiousness, hold on to the the unforgiveness and just the negative vibrations, it's very difficult to really practice gratitude authentically and to help people, help yourself and help people. When you say unforgiveness, do you mean the act of refusing to forgive people? Is is that what you're getting at or is is it something more than that? No, it's refusing to forgive not only just people, but also forgiving yourself. You know, there are times when we do things or say things and we have a difficult time transitioning on because we just won't forgive ourselves. So we become stuck, become stuck in, you know, in the thoughts of 
I shouldn't have done that. I wish I didn't do that. You mean like like rumination, right? Like where you're pondering, where you're reliving experiences, like mistakes that you've made or times where you were embarrassed, things like that, and and you sort of fixate on it? Yes, and and we keep going back into the past and reliving those experiences, reliving the hurt, the negativity, the pain, all of that. And we hold it in our energy field, and this will affect us on a cellular level. And when it affects us on the cellular level, then it will manifest on the physical level and making us ill. Okay, so I understand that you believe that, you know, it's helpful for people to use written inspiration to help them find it perhaps in themselves. Can you explain how that works and how people can do that? Well, it's really funny, that question, because I just went out to a speaking engagement and I had my inspirational cards there. And we thought, okay, so we invite people over to the table. Come on over, you know, to, oh, what's this all about? Well, it's about gratitude, it's about practicing gratitude, you know, something positive for the day. It gives you a great start on the day. Or sometimes, you know, throughout the day, you may get stuck or you may in that, you may feel in that negative zone and you want to make that switch, right? But you're not quite sure how to make that switch. So they came over to the table, and we laid out the cards on the table, and we said, okay, fine, we just want you to think positive for the moment, and just be mindful, and close your eyes. And they did, and they did the deep breathing, and close their eyes, and choose three cards. Well, I'll tell you, so many people chose their cards, and each person that chose their cards, their cards lined up with exactly the message they needed to hear to switch that perspective from negative to positive. I had people at the table crying. It was incre- it was an incredible experience. So heartwarming. And especially after coming out of COVID with all the negativity and the disbelief and the anxiousness and stresses of the COVID, it's a beautiful time to have people hold on to inspirations and help them to switch their perspective and to heal. I'm curious about these inspirations. Can you explain what an inspiration is for those who, who don't know what you mean? Okay. An inspiration is a group of words that you read or that is spoken to you that helps to lift your spirit from being negative or from thinking negative into feeling or thinking positive. Did you create these inspiration yes. cards? And so what, what was your source? Like, were these just thoughts that you had? Or were you selecting quotes that you had read elsewhere? Like, what's the source of these inspirations? No, I did it meditatively. I did a spiritual meditation. And the thoughts came. And I'm just so excited when I get these amazing inspirational thoughts. I can get them first thing in the morning. Sometimes I get them when I'm driving. But I'm consistently asking the universe, give me the thoughts that can help people to heal. Give me the affirmations. Give me the inspirations that I can write on these cards to help people to heal. And I get them. And I write them on the cards. So I have three boxes, actually, of the inspirational cards. One is your daily inspiration. The other is your success inspirations. And the other is your spiritual inspirations. Okay. So in each box, you'll get about maybe 60 cards each. How can the listeners sort of create alignment between their thoughts and feelings to sort of, you know, channel this notion of gratitude? I believe that 
and this is not about selling my book, really. It would be nice for me to say to you, go and pick up my book, because you'll get lots of inspirations there and everything. But I think, you know, getting that inspiration and writing it out. Stick it on your bathroom mirror. Stick it on your wall. Stick it on a place where you're going to visit and revisit it. And continue to repeat it. Because in repeating it, you get it into your system. So there are times when you're stressed or you're going through a very, very busy day. And without even thinking about it, those thoughts of inspiration that you have written on your bathroom mirror or on your wall, it's going to be repeated in your head at the right time. So I gather that you've used these inspirations yourself. Is that true? Yes. So I've had a great time with them. So is there one that you've used all along, or do you use different written inspirations to help you at different times? I use different ones, but I have an experience some years ago where I was diagnosed with glaucoma, and I went on treatments for about six years six or seven years, getting drops in my eyes and going to the specialist regularly to check the the pressure in my eye. And the pressure was always high, so they kept me on these medicines. So I decided that I wanted to get off the medicines. That was my own personal decision. And I spoke to the optician about it, and she said, yes, yes, yes. You know, um, I don't advise it, but if that's what you believe. I said, well, I like to try my own thing, right? Mm -hmm. So I thought, well, okay, fine, I have nothing to lose. So what I did, Jamie, is I created, you know, a series of messages, and I recorded them to music. And I repeated those messages like about five, eight times per day. I did it consistently for about, I think, nine months. And I had the optometrist. I I kept on having my visits to get the checks of my pressure. And when I went in and I started rechecking my pressure, recognizing my pressure actually reduced and it stayed consistent for about two years. And it's still consistent, and it's been three years now, or four years long, going on almost four years. But the inspirations that I kept on repeating, or the healing messages, I should say, my mind is healthy. My eyes are healthy. Every organ in my body is healthy. Every artery, vein, and capillary in my body are entirely free of blockages, free of inflammation, and free of plaque, and so on and so on. It it goes on a little bit longer. And believe it or not, I was so full of gratitude when I realized that the, the power of me thinking it me repeating it and being consistent in repeating it actually helped my body to heal on a cellular level, which did manifest on the physical. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you, Jamie. That was Dr. Maxine McLean. We have to take a short break, but when we return, we'll discuss the Love and Lemons cookbook on the tonic. Tired of lineups at your pharmacist? Why not try PharmaZ at the Zoomer store? Powered by the Health Depot, an Ontario-accredited pharmacy, PharmaZ offers a concierge approach to filling, refilling, and managing your prescriptions with free delivery anywhere in Ontario. To get started, visit zoomerstore.com and click on PharmaZ. And then click on the Circle of Care Pharmacy program for your free initial consultation with a clinical pharmacist. Don't wait. Go today. If you're looking for premium natural products, choose New Roots Herbal, proudly Canadian and family-owned for over 35 years. What really sets them apart is their dedication to quality. 
They source only the highest quality ingredients and test each one in a state-of-the-art ISO-accredited lab. You get the purity and potency you expect. Available exclusively at fine health food stores. To learn more or find a store near you, visit NewRootsHerbal.com. Welcome back to The Tonic, your prescription for a healthier and happier life. Here's your host and publisher of Tonic Magazine, Jamie Busson. Janine D'Onofrio is the creator of Love and Lemons, the blog and inspiration behind her first two cookbooks, Love and Lemons Every Day, and the Love and Lemons Cookbook, which Bon Appetit has hailed as the most beautiful cookbook we've ever seen. Her passion is creating healthy yet approachable recipes that all types of eaters enjoy. The recipes celebrate how nourishing, fun, and delicious cooking with seasonal plant-forward ingredients can be. She's been featured in the New York Times, People, Oprah, among others, and has developed recipes for brands including Whole Foods, KitchenAid, and Le Creuset. She lives in Chicago with her husband, Jack, and their son, Oliver. Welcome to the show, Janine. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, me as well. Uh, You are our first cookbook author on the show, and I've been doing this since 2017. So your bailiwick is like plant-forward cooking. So what is plant-focused cooking to you? Well, it's essentially just cooking, but I like to cook with a lot of vegetables. So just basically incorporating more vegetables. And I find that everyone, no matter what their dietary preference are, I find that everyone, no matter what their dietary preference is, can always use a new vegetable recipe. So the book is full of colorful, beautiful vegetables, and I think vegetables are so fun to cook. So they're my main inspiration. Is your book vegan or vegetarian, or do you augment with non-vegetarian ingredients? The book is 100% vegetarian, and there are so many vegan recipes. There are at least 100 vegan recipes. Um, If the recipe wasn't originally vegan, there is a modification that is tested and listed there. So lots of vegan cooking and all vegetarian cooking. So with vegetarian cooking, you know, sometimes you're going to need some some ingredients that are going to help boost the flavors and you want to have a well-stocked pantry. So can you tell me some of the top ingredients that you have in your pantry that help with the vegetarian cooking? Yeah, I have lots of grains, beans and legumes like chickpeas, black beans, lentils are all wonderful plant-based proteins. They make a dish really hearty and filling. Um, and grains really like round it out. And then for seasonings, I have oils, vinegars, all kinds of spices and seasonings, but nothing that you wouldn't find, like nothing that you wouldn't have on hand, like cumin, paprika, those kinds of things. Really add a lot of flavor for, to vegetarian cooking and then nuts and seeds for texture. And then some basic building blocks like canned tomatoes, coconut milk, tahini, Going back to the vegan thing, like a lot of times, instead of doing a creamy, cheesy thing with, with cream, I'll do something with coconut milk or tahini will be the, cre- the creamy element. So lots of, um, and, the, and then salt and sea salt and black pepper uh, really go a long way to make really delicious vegetables. So is your cookbook a chefy cookbook where there's kind of like, okay, first you comfy garlic and it's a, the assumption is you have confit garlic in your fridge, or is it the type of thing that you can sort of whip together if, if you're in a bit of a rush, like during the week? Yeah, no, definitely not. There's definitely no confit garlic. It's an everyday, it's, it's a cookbook that anybody, no matter your cooking skill, can pick up and get started. So the book is actually divided into two sections because I feel like, at least for my audience and, and 
for all the time that I've been writing recipes, I feel like there are two types of cooks. There are people that need to come home and have a recipe that's at the ready, right there, easy to make, minimal ingredients. And then there are those that like to plan ahead. So the first section is called at the ready, and there are those quick and easy meals. And the second section is called in advance, and there's a bit of meal prep involved there so that you can prep some ingredients for the week and be ready to go. Got it. So, like, what are you? Are you the type that needs to plan, or do you like to wing it? Or you like to, to, um, to have it all ready? You know, I go, I kind of toggle in between. There are, I would say, I used to be 100% I was the side of, I want to I wing it, I want to go to the farmer's market and bring home what's fresh and, and go from there. But I have a two-year-old now, which has changed absolutely everything. And suddenly, dinner time has to happen really, really quickly. So either I have a, a recipe in my back pocket that I can throw together, or if I'm, you know, start have a busy week coming up, I'll prep some greens, a sauce. I'll have vegetables ready to roast so that I can really throw together something. You know, get dinner on the table quickly for the family. So, what are what are some examples of the make ahead stuff that you'd be making? Um, the make ahead stuff. Well, I there's a section of the book that's like a grain a guide to grain bowls which is sort of how i like to cook during the week i like to prep a grain in advance like i said a sauce a plant-based protein and then maybe just have my vegetables ready to be roasted at the last minute and then i can put that together you know put the components together and have a meal on hand in just waiting kind of waiting in the fridge but some other recipes that i love to prep ahead are there's the are these sweet potato paneer burgers that are so flavorful. They're so delicious. It might be my favorite recipe in the book. And I like to make them and keep them in my freezer, especially since grilling season is coming up. My mom and my sister love a veggie burger, even if we're like we're grilling meat burgers too. I can pull them straight out of my freezer and grill them up and have a great veggie burger right, you know, at the ready. I have a green curry recipe where I make a big batch of curry paste and freeze it into ice cube trays so that when I go to cook, I can add some coconut milk and some vegetables. The vegetable list on that recipe is flexible to use what you have on hand. And then you can make green curry really fast. So with all these vegetables that we're using, like you kind of have to have a lot of vegetables. And you know the thing about vegetables are they have a shelf life. So if you're using fresh vegetables, and we would if we were cooking from your book, do you have any tips on keeping them fresh through the week uh, so that they're ready when you need to use them? Yeah, well, I like to make recipes that use the fragile produce first. So if I shop once at the beginning of the week, I might use like the leafy greens, the lettuces earlier in the week, and then save some of the heartier vegetables like sweet potatoes and broccoli that will really last the week in your produce drawer. I will cook those toward the end of the week, and that's really the simplest way to do it. Right. Any other tips? If I have vegetables like carrots or radishes, clip the tops. I actually have recipes that use the tops, so you don't have to waste those greens, but clip them and store them separately, and it will elongate the life of the carrots and radishes and then also the greens. Makes sense. All right. What about sort of post-production? So you were talking about batch cooking. Do you advocate for freezing the stuff that you've made? And is that problematic because, you know, you're using a lot of plant-based ingredients? Is that an issue? I love the freezer. I love to stock up on so many things. The veggie burgers that I mentioned before are great to freeze. I also like to freeze vegetable broths. I have a few homemade broths in the recipe that are so much more delicious than store-bought box vegetable stock. 
and they freeze perfectly. So a soup is never far away when you have great stock in the freezer. I like to keep my pizza dough in the freezer, my tortillas, and then there are whole recipes like there's a cheesy vegan broccoli bake that's like a cheesy pasta broccoli dish that you can make, let it cool a little bit, pop it in the freezer, then it's ready to go when you want to just take it out and put it in the oven. I also have a whole bunch of lasagnas. If it's winter is coming up, which it's not in spring now, but which, if winter is coming up, I make lasagna and I put it in the freezer and it's a great way to serve like family or relatives that are coming over really, really quickly. So for the casseroles and, and the pastas, are, are you cooking them to completion and then freezing? Or are you stopping sort of mid-process, like at a step, like perhaps before it's cooked? And, and that same question for like the paneer burgers that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Well, the paneer burgers can go either way. You can, and there are instructions for both, but I either make them into patties and freeze them. They're still also just fine cooking them to completion. Like if I have leftovers, if I made a big batch and then I had some leftover, they freeze great. And then I just pop it in the microwave and have it for lunch the next day. And the pasta bakes, they bake completely. And then I'm just reheating them in the oven. So they're not really cooking, cooking in the oven. They're just heating, you know, heating back up until they're warm. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. We have to take a short break, but when we come back, we'll discuss magic mushroom retreats on The Tonic. The Big Carrot is a worker-owned natural food market that's been committed to local, organic, non-GMO, and sustainable food systems since 1983. They're a one-stop shop offering produce, grocery, bulk, body care, and holistic dispensary. The juice and smoothie bars and kitchens serve up hundreds of healthy dishes and drinks daily. Building community is at the core of their vision, which they deliver through education, outreach, and giving. They want everyone to share in the goodness they offer. Visit their website for more information at thebigcarrot.ca. I'd like to give a shout out to our new sponsor, Omega Alpha. This company is 100% Canadian owned. Their team consists of allopathic and naturopathic doctors, nutritionists, researchers, and other scientific professionals, all led by their CEO, Dr. Gordon Chang. Formulations are created on their 40,000 square foot facility located in Toronto. Omega Alpha uses only the highest quality ingredients to manufacture the most efficacious yet price-friendly nutraceuticals. For more information about Omega Alpha, visit OmegaAlphaInc.com. If you're looking for premium natural products, choose New Roots Herbal, proudly Canadian and family-owned for over 35 years. What really sets them apart is their dedication to quality. They source only the highest quality ingredients and test each one in a state-of-the-art ISO-accredited lab. You get the purity and potency you expect. Available exclusively at fine health food stores. To learn more or find a store near you, visit NewRootsHerbal.com. Welcome back to The Tonic, your prescription for a healthier and happier life. Here's your host and publisher of Tonic Magazine, Jamie Busson. Rob Grover and Gary Logan are the founders of the Journeyman Collective, a company creating luxury guided magic mushroom retreats at their center in British Columbia. They've hosted CEOs, entrepreneurs, athletes, actors, couples, and small groups invested in the highest level of self-discovery and personal development through psychedelic plant-based medicine. 
Guiding guests through contemporary ceremonies using Sibicillin, the pair have combined 50-plus years of education in spiritual and metaphysical training, executive-level mindset coaching, energetic healing modalities, Alexander Technique lessons, and provides support embodying and integrating the transformational retreat. Visitors are immersed in an extraordinary personalized experience that often results in accelerating attendee success in their intentions to create conscious impact on the world. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. How are you? Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, we're great. Thank you for asking. So can you tell the listeners a little bit about your personal journeys, which led up to this magic mushroom retreat business? It probably started about six years ago. Oh, 40 years ago, if you really technically go all the way back. I've been in the health and wellness industry and healing touch and personal development program for about 40 years. So um, it led us to a journey about six years ago. And we worked with a shaman on an island off of Vancouver. And from there, we were shown and directed and guided that this was a path that we're supposed to lead. So what do you think the benefits are of going on one of these mushroom retreats? What are reasonable expectations? So I think one of the biggest things is that people aren't taught how to actually let go. People intrinsically have a desire to grow and expand. And the person that they are today has a way of thinking and feeling and acting. And people don't know how to actually let go of that identity or that person that they are in order to actually change and shift and transform. And most people are looking for that transformation. So we help facilitate that letting go process whereby they can expand their level of thinking, expand their capacity to feel, and expand their capacity to actually change how they're acting in the world. Okay, so that's sort of the overview and the philosophy. Can you explain what the process actually entails? Yeah, definitely. So we have a minimum of uh, four months that people work with us. So obviously a large part of that is in person, or sorry, is virtually. And then there's a uh, concentrated portion of that support that's in person. So we have a a four-week preparation process that we bring people through. We meet people online. We have a portal that people uh, log into for video content that we prepared. And then when people are with us in person, it's four full days of intensive support. We're with you from the time that you wake up to the time that you go to bed every single day. And uh, we facilitate two psilocybin journeys, two full days of integration. And then the real shift happens and starts to take place whereby people are now home and the applied integration aspect of the work starts to take place. So we support people for an additional three months afterwards, virtually and with content in our our portal. And when people are back in their quote-unquote real world, that's when they start noticing the difference of who they were before they came on the actual journey and, and the new person that they're becoming. And so the human can very easily slip back into the, the old way and the smaller ways of feeling and acting. And so we help people to maintain that expansion in their consciousness. Okay, so you talked about preparation a moment ago, and it kind of sounded daunting. Like, this doesn't just sound like a holiday or vacation. Can you sort of elaborate on what the preparation work is? Yeah, so basically we're working with four different levels of your human being, which is the spiritual component, so the energetic the mental, emotional, and the physical. 
So we're going to be teaching you and working with you on those four different levels to start to become aware of or expand your current level of awareness so that you can bring that forward into your, into your love life, into your relationships, into your family, and into your business. So why is the preparation and integration such an important part of these shamanic journeys? Like, why, why is this so necessary? We found that the preparation is vitally important. So it's, like you said earlier, it's not just coming for a weekend and uh, taking the magic mushrooms and then going back into real world. We've heard stories out there where there are similarities like that I just said, that people go for a weekend retreat and then they head back home and then they're called to do another retreat. So they go back three or four times. We believe that proper preparation and integration is vitally important to working with the medicine so you get the full benefits. Humans are habitually wired to uh, continue on a patterned growth, the meaning um, we rely on our old habits. So with the teachings of the psilocybin and the work with Rob and Gary, we look at your habitual patterns of response and look at all the lessons that were shown to you and the teachings that were shown to you during the journey to help you integrate that. So we believe that working with you after the ceremony is vitally important where some people don't get the support that is required to help integrate what was shown during the journey. Okay, so I think it's clear that both of you believe that this can help people on professional and personal levels. Like, how? Can you sort of elaborate on, on like, what the benefits would be and, and how it actually manifests? Totally. So the overarching, like, 30,000-foot view there is that if you change your consciousness, you change your personal life and you change your professional life. So if you shift and change, the reality around you is going to shift And we have people, just to give you a few examples, of medical doctors who may have had a dream of owning their own retreat center and actually going down more of a metaphysical path as opposed to a traditional path. And we've supported people through that growth. People have absolutely brilliant and deeper connections in their relationships, in their families, in their professional lives as well. And they recognize that they can go there and have deeper connection, deeper conversations with people to really help them expand their creativity in their their businesses. And um, income levels go up, pain decreases, confidence goes up, creativity goes up, and a, a deeper level of trust that they can truly live a passionate and purposeful life. Okay. You also mentioned that there's sort of aftercare in the months after the retreat. How does that manifest? Like, it sounds like it's online, but what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we're online virtually through Zoom, and we're making certain that people are applying their understanding. So because we've been with you from the very beginning of your journey with us through to the intensive journey with us in person and then we're with you in the integration process so we've gotten to know you and we we can see different patterns that may put a flag on the play over your life and with that knowing and that deeper understanding of who the individual is that's before us we can support people in listening to their own language and becoming aware of their own patterns so we're sort of passing the the baton of our awareness over to them and say hey 
you've got this. You can actually be aware of your own thinking, your own speaking, and your own acting, and and ask yourself the, the firm questions of, like, is this really serving? Do I have to shift something? Do I have to change something? And it's empowering people to pull on the threads of information that are given during the actual in-person intensive and continue to remember back into those those touchstone moments and, and memories that were created so that you're weaving those into your reality for your relationships and your professional life. So my understanding, and, I, and I've read about these sorts of retreats uh, in various publications, is it can be intense for some people. Is there risk management? Like, do you have doctors on site? Or how are you dealing with, with people who have sort of bigger reactions to taking the Cibicillin? I think it's intense for almost anyone and everyone that comes through because you're you're facing yourself right. and you're getting to know yourself, so you're seeing aspects of yourself. The biggest thing that happens is that people cry um, and people laugh. people laugh and people may cry for four or five solid hours and that's exactly what they need. So with us, because of that high level of preparation and that personalized nature of the journeys that we really provide for people, that's the, I guess, the highest risk that we're managing. Okay. Is this type of retreat something that you'd recommend to people to do on a regular basis? What's your, what's your advice? Good question, because that's been coming up a, a lot in our field of how we've heard a lot of people going on multiple journeys with different medicine. We found that those that go on multiple journeys, like week after week or month after month, that they don't have the ability to integrate what they were shown and taught during the journey process. So they keep on seeking more and more with actually taking the moment to pause and sit with it and realize, what have I done and what have I learned and how can I take this and move forward? So we believe everybody in the world should do one journey in their lifetime. And if you are called to come back, we hear client, we have clients that come back every maybe three to five years, but not every month, not every week, and not every year. I would firmly question the individual who's guiding you or who is inviting you in to those repeated journeys what's really truly happening and, and doing your due diligence is so vitally important and uh, asking a person of like hey how has this changed your life has it changed your life how have you implemented the information and understanding into wisdom and application makes sense thank you both uh, so much for coming on the show today thank you this is wonderful such a pleasure to have us Thanks to all my wonderful guests, Dr. Caitlin Richardson, N.D., Maxine McLean, Janine D'Onofrio, and Rob Grover and Gary Logan. And thank you all for listening to The Tonic. You can listen or download this episode as a podcast with full show notes, contact information for our guests, and links at thetonic.ca. To find out more about the show, you can always follow us at It's The Tonic on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. For great articles by amazing health and wellness writers, be sure to pick up your copy of Tonic Magazine, which is available free on racks at over 100 locations across the GTA and delivered with the Globe and Mail to home subscribers in Toronto, west of Victoria Park. Or you can visit our website, thetonic.ca. If you're interested in providing feedback or suggesting topics for the show, you can always email me at jamie at thetonic.ca. On our next show, we'll discuss the health and wellness issues that are important to you. Until then, this is Jamie Busson wishing you a healthy and happy week. Thank you.
This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.